I am so excited to welcome you guys to the first episode of Around the Grid. I'm here with Raj, and my name is Parth. Hey guys. It's been, we've been working on this podcast for quite some time now. Um, I feel like we got this idea last season, and then just past this month, just past this month, we started like working on the logo, the what we want to work on, the content. And uh, yeah, we started putting everything together in the past month, and here we are recording our first episode now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that it all happened, the execution all happened in like a month, and it was just a matter of yeah, it's crazy waiting for the season to start and pre uh, preseason testing to start. So we're done with that. We can get into the season now. Now we can talk about yes, it. Yes, we can. So a lot happened last season. Um, the biggest thing, COVID. A lot did happen. COVID. <laughs> COVID changed everything. Um, we were supposed to start. Yeah, we saw drivers getting subbed in and out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hulkenberg made a brief return. Oh, yeah. The Hamilton Hulk. got COVID, but that didn't really make a difference. Exactly. Yep. Um, we saw George in the Mercedes. That was, that was incredible. That was probably my favorite moment from last year. It was seeing George um, overtaking Bottas and just... That hurt me. That hurt I know me it so hurt you, but it was, you know, I'm a it was fan. so good watching. It would just made the race so much more exciting, um, and yeah, I mean heartbreaking as well because George didn't win that race. He he should have won. He should have won that, race. Have won that race. even as a Bottas fan. I should have yes. should have won that race. Yes, I was. That was the one time you would find me rooting for Mercedes because <laughs> Hamilton was not there, and the race was actually interesting. So, I mean, I but, think... You know, Perez is now a race winner because of that. And that, I think that's still huge. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe even the reason that he's he has a seat at Red Bull. True. Like, probably did probably one of the things. There's like, probably many factors. First. Yeah. So, how did you get your interest in F1? Like, where'd you... How'd you find... How'd you find out about it? How'd you get interested oh, in it? How'd man. you get into it? All right. So, I had one of my dad's friend. He told me about Drive to Survive. And I had seen, like the you know the drive to survive show on netflix but i hadn't watched it yet i was you know i was i wasn't sure if it was going to be good or not um and mm. finally i watched it because he told me to and i just binge watched all like 10 episodes in one night and it was just crazy how like excited i got into it um and i think this was in the middle of the season so this was around may or March, May of 2019 or something. May of right? 2019, yeah. So relatively young or l- relatively new to the sport. I mean, compared to other people, they've been around for so long and they know so much. But I've been just drive to survive. I mean, that that was my intro into Formula One, and then after that, I just kind of got hooked into it and watched old races a lot. Anytime I had some work to do, I was I had a race going on, so I could just listen to it. What was your story? Yeah, the commentators do a really good job. Um, so you know, I've always, I've, you know, I've been into cars since I was a really young kid. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's always a pursuit to go faster. Yep. Uh, so, I think the first race I saw was when Nico Rosberg won the championship in 2016. So way back then was my first yep. race that I saw. I saw the Abu Dhabi 2016 race. Okay. And that was the first race I saw, and then I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So throughout 2017, I sporadically watched some races. I think I remember, uh, I think I saw Abu Dhabi 2017 again. Okay. And then 2018, I saw Germany 2018 was a race that I saw. That, that was a really good race. And then 2019, uh, I think that's when you told me about Drive to Survive. Yep. 
and then I started watching Drive to Survive. I told like everyone. I mean, was, a lot of it was like I watched Drive to Survive, and then I just kind of told everybody to watch it, and a lot of our friend group just kind of got into it because of Drive to Survive. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so I watched Drive to Survive in 2019, and then 2020 was the full season. Was the first full season that I watched every single race without fail. Yep. Yes. Same. And then 2020 was just crazy right. because it started late. I mean, we were supposed to get Australia in March, but then that's when COVID kind of took off. And we didn't get a race until July, yeah. I think. Um, it was either June or July. Yeah. yeah. The first race was in Austria this time. Yep. And then after that, it was just almost back-to-back weekends, really, until... Yeah, there were a lot of double and triple headers in 2020. Yeah. And there are going to be a few this year, too. Yep, which I'm excited for. But speaking of 2020... We can we, 2020 brought a lot of driver market changes into 2021, and we can start talking about yeah, that. Yeah, let, let's do that. So, I mean, a lot of the big things is that some of the team names changed. Um, we used to have Racing Point. Now it's Aston Martin, which I'm really excited about because I love Aston Martin. Um, mm-hmm. Just their cars and, you know, their uh, them in popular culture like James Bond so it's just really yeah. great to have Aston Martin back again you know, they use Mercedes engines in real life and they use Mercedes engines exactly in it just, just makes just sense perfect it just makes sense yeah and then uh surprise this was a surprise to me was Renault changing their name to Alpine which is Renault's uh I believe sportier uh department yeah it's, it's Renault's sport division basically okay so we have like Mercedes and AMG and then Renault and Alpine like that right I think it's good for Alpine's publicity because not many people will know of Alpine yeah. until this Formula I was, 1 I was one of those people, being. yes. <laughs> I didn't know what it yeah. was. And then I was like, okay, it makes sense now. Yeah, so speaking of Alpine, we have a new driver for Alpine. Fernando Alonso makes his return into Formula 1. I don't know if you could call him new. I, I would say uh, old new driver. Well, for this year, <laughs> he's a new driver. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, he's back, the legend. Uh two times world champion. He won with Renault, so it just kind of makes full circle back again. I think he'll be able to... I don't think... I personally don't think he'll be able to win any races this year, but I do think that he's going to score podiums here and there because, you know, Alonso is just... He's just an insane driver. Like, he's top of the charts for sure in terms of, like, status, in terms of ability. He's top of the charts. So I think he'll be able to get a podium here and there. Yeah, I... I partly agree with you. I don't know if he'll get podiums. I think it all depends. I'm not doubting his driving skills at all. I think it comes to yeah. uh, Alpine giving him a proper car that can compete with the other midfield runners because it, it Renault hasn't been able to do that. And I mean, they kind of have, but we'll see how it is this year. Um, They've always fallen short of McLaren yes. and Racing Point. Yep. And those two teams have been very strong, especially. So They've been incredibly strong, yeah. I mean, just this past last year, um, Racing Point got a win. McLaren got a couple of podiums. Uh, Landon Norris got his first podium. Sainz got his podium. So they've been very... Sainz com- was second, I think, in Monza. Yep, yep, he was. And uh, he was just... V- they were both very competitive. Uh, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Alpine goes against uh, Racing Point and McLaren. But we'll see. I'm excited to have him back anyways. Yeah. Speaking of Monza, we had Pierre Gasly win his first race in Monza. I watched Monza. Partner Pierre. 
I watched Monza. You watched it a few days ago, right? I watched it a few days ago. I texted Raj that I, wa- I was watching it. And wow. I mean, I remember watching it. And it was just really fun. I just really loved that moment again. And it was just great. That was an incredible race. Yep. It was every, It was just... As a Mercedes fan, it did hurt. But seeing Gasly get his first win, that was, after after the torment he went through from the previous year with Red Bull, it was just... I, I just you, you have to feel good for him, man. That's like... Pierre Gasly can't is a good driver. Him. He deserved that win. Exactly. I'm excited. He's been looking good, and too. Speaking of AlphaTauri, we have Yuki Tsunoda, who is now partnering Pierre Gasly. I love that man. And Yuki... Small man with big talent. 100%. So, Yuki was an F2 driver in 2020. He raced with Carlin, and he had three wins, seven podiums, and he finished third in the standings in F2, which is pretty impressive, I think. Really impressive, yeah. I'm just glad he's in. I just like seeing new talent in um, in Formula 1, especially with this year, because we have a lot of new talent. Um, and Yuki just we seems do. like a great guy, great driver. He did really well in pre-testing, which we'll talk about later on. But it's just fantastic to see him um, racing alongside some of these legends here. Speaking of legends, oh, legends, we have the Schumacher name. We have the Schumacher name back in F1. Mick Schumacher racing with Haas this year. He raced in with Prema in F2. He had three wins, 11 podiums, and finished first in F2 last year and obviously there's going to be a lot of hype behind the Schumacher name because of the legend Michael Schumacher as we all know it's just great to see so how do you think he's going to do again I think it just comes down to I'm not doubting his abilities I do think he's going to have a slow start to it Um, it just all comes down to Haas giving him a good car which from what we've been hearing so far may not happen so yeah, we will discuss the Haas vehicle later. We'll, we'll talk about but that later. But. Mick, yeah, Mick has always had a slow start. Like he's always taken one season to get get into the groove of things, right? And then the next season he pops off. So hopefully we'll see the same thing in Formula One, where he'll have a slow start this year. But 2022, when the new cars arrive, hopefully he'll do he'll do a lot better. Yeah, but I'm just excited to have him in um, in F1 because he's here for a long term. I feel like he's gonna be those talents that. He's probably gonna move to what Ferrari in a few years. Yeah, that's the that's probably the f- that that's in. that's. I mean, anybody could put a bet on it and <laughs> win it. So, I'm just excited to see that. I mean, once I I feel like if Ferrari can step it up, he will win championships with Ferrari, and the Schumacher name will return to the world title. That will be incredible to see. And so Mick Schumacher's teammate teammate for this year in Haas is Nikita Mazepin, who has two wins, six podiums, and finished fifth in Formula 2 in 2020. Now, we know that Nikita Mazepin has a lot of controversy around him. So how do you think the broadcast and publicity will be handled with with Mazepin? Because I feel like, personally, my opinion is that, yes, he's made some mistakes in the past. He's made some pretty bad mistakes in the past. But I'm personally willing to give him another chance to see if he's grown up from the mistakes because my philosophy is you can't define a person by just one thing that they've done. They could become better in the future. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but I don't think that's how the public will see it. Um, because I kind of agree with you, but it's just interesting to see how they will react. Cause usually, I mean, anytime Haas post post a picture of Nikita Mazepin on Twitter, all the replies are just, we say no to Mazepin, something like that. So, 
it's it's going to be interesting to see if they will do press panels and then just the backlash they will receive or not. But I mean, we'll see how it is. Again, another new talent, and we have had what three new talent. Yeah, but I feel like regardless of regardless of the mistakes that he's made, he still has talent. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. He still has talent. Yes. He has two wins in Formula 2, and you don't win a race in Formula 2 if you don't have talent. Yeah. So maybe his racing ability in Formula 1 will will, will, go, will go to show the public that he's not just, you know, some, some kind of evil pay driver that's only in Formula yeah. 1 because of his... A lot father. of people will think that. Yeah. But, I mean, I've seen him... I've seen some clips of him driving in Formula 2, and they're like... They give me Max Verstappen vibes because of how aggressive he is with his... How aggressive he is? Overtake. Yeah. Sometimes too aggressive. But that's what people said about Max too, and look where he is now. So, um, I guess I mean only. Yeah, hopefully, we will see good things. Only happen. time will tell, really. Switching over from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, we've also had many, many uh, driver switches. We've had Science. It's very interesting to see what happened. Science went from McLaren to Ferrari, which was a huge, huge step up. One would think. Okay, I. <laughs> Judging by how Ferrari has been in the past two years, uh, I I would argue this is a step down. In terms of performance alone, this is a step down. Yeah. But in terms of prestige and living, like literally living a dream, Sainz is living the dream. He's driving for Ferrari. Exactly. That is actually huge. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I mean, Sainz and Leclerc. Are both very young. That's an insane driver combo. Both very hungry. Extremely powerful. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to see. And we've seen Ferrari with team orders before, man. We've seen that. We've seen the conflict. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. So we'll t- and we know that both Leclerc and Sutton's, they're both, they're both, yeah, as you said, they're very hungry for, 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 for the win, right? So it's going to be a battle of status. Who's going to come out on top at 100%. Ferrari? Who do you think will come out on top of Ferrari? Uh, Leclerc. Leclerc? Okay. He just has more experience with the car. And I feel like sometimes maybe that's what you need with the Ferrari because that thing struggles <laughs> on the track. Yeah. But They've been proven to be a handful, especially this past year. Yeah, but I'm... But I feel like maybe this year Leclerc is going to edge out signs, but it, it maybe later on, 2022 perhaps, we'll see a, a very, very close battle between Maybe even... Near the end of the season, um, science could come out on top and yeah, just once science get used to just it, just get used to it, yeah. And then we had this was I think one of the biggest one in my opinion was Perez moving from Racing Point. He had been racing with Racing Point forever, um, for all we know that known as he brought that team out of the out of the garden. exactly when it was Force India and they were struggling, it became Racing Point. He brought investors and stuff, and even before that, I believe he's going to Red Bull now. He took Alexander Albon's seat. Uh, very sad to see him go, but excited for Perez. Yeah, Alex is a great guy, but I feel like Perez was the better driver because in 2020, it, it was very much Verstappen versus Mercedes. It was not Red Bull versus Mercedes. Exactly. Right, so I, I feel like Perez being a great driver already, in the second driver place at Red Bull, he's going to be able to back up Max a lot more than Albon was able to, and he might be able to push Mercedes to the very limit of what they'll be able to do. And maybe because of this, Red Bull will be able to eke out some wins. I think his experience will be huge for the team. He's been in F1 like longer than Max, right? Oh yeah, way longer. Sure he's been in longer than way Max. Way longer. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he has some valuable insight to bring in from that. Yep. I'm excited to see that. I do feel like 
the title fight, for more reason than just this, is going to be closer between Mercedes and Red Bull because of Perez. Perez is one of the biggest reasons why. Yeah, one thing I am worried about, I'm a Red Bull fan, by the way. Um, if you couldn't tell that, and Raj is a Mercedes fan, if you couldn't tell that either. <laughs> um, I am worried about Perez and Verstappen fighting on the track. Because Perez... I, I can see where you're coming from, but I feel like at, at least this first year, Verstappen's going to walk Perez in terms of like the points. He's going to, I think, for lack of a better term, dominate Versus, uh, Perez. Okay. Because Perez is a good driver, but Max is, is crazy. Max is an animal, and we know how we know how much talent this this guy, this young driver has. So, I feel like this first year, it's it, it it'll be close, but it won't be. I don't think I really don't think they'll be fighting on track. That just be though. Okay. I mean, I do agree with you. Verstappen is a generational talent that that doesn't happen often. So. Uh, I'm just yeah. hoping that Verstappen can just do well, and I do want Verstappen to win the World Championship, but we'll talk about, talk about that later. I don't. This is. I keep saying that every one of these is my favorite one, but this literally has to be my one of the favorite ones. The top on my list is Ricardo going from Renault to McLaren, and I mean, I think McLaren the team just suits him. Lena Norris is there. Um, I think they'll have good chemistry. Not that chemistry really matters in this sport, but just learning off of each other, the competitiveness will be there. And McLaren has proven to be a really good team for the past two years. Every year... And they've been getting even better. Oh, they've gotten way better. And it's just crazy to see um, Ricardo making that move. And I think it's for the better. Uh, he'll be up there too, fighting with Red Bull. Um, hopefully Aston Martin as well. When they were doing the McLaren, like the like the car reveal, yeah. there was a little bit of awkwardness between the two. I feel like this might be because people are putting a lot of pressure on them both to be like the jokesters of Formula One. And, you know, they're, they're still human beings. They're still shy. They're going to get some, have some time to get used to each other. But that doesn't really matter on the track. On the track, we know Ricardo is definitely in the right car. He's world champion material. So I feel like Norris is going to have a lot to learn from Ricardo because Norris is still new to the sport compared to Ricardo. Yeah. So I feel like Norris is going to have to learn a lot. But still, Norris is still a talent. And we might see some fighting between them on the track, which I'm really hoping to look uh, looking looking forward I to. I really want to see a Ricardo win. Ricardo, yeah. It's been, what, 2018 was the last time he won with Red Bull. Mm, I, yeah, I think no, so. No, right? 2019. 20, 2017. No, 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 2019. 2019. 2019, uh, Monaco. Wasn't that Renault, though? I'm pretty sure that he moved to Renault in 2019. 2018 Monaco, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, 2018 Monaco, yeah, yeah. Yes, and then he did get. So it's he, been a long time coming for. He did get a podium last. Yeah, he did get a podium last season, 2020. Yeah. And now Cyril has to get a tattoo, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last driver switch that we have is Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, the four-time world champion, is moving from Ferrari to Aston Martin. What are your thoughts on this? I'm excited, but at the same time, from what I've seen at the preseason, worried as well. But we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about preseason later in the in the podcast. But I mean, I'm excited overall. I think this is a really good move. I don't know what happened to Ferrari last year. They just kind of left like Vettel out to dry. He was just he was just, like alone. That's how it felt. It felt like they weren't really supporting him and. 
We saw Vettel making his own strategy calls <laughs> because the engineers could not, like, they couldn't figure out what to do. That was crazy. And that was. I remember in, well, I think I think it was Barcelona. Yeah. This guy had to run like thirty six laps on soft tires. Yes. Because the uh, strategists could not figure out what to do. It was crazy, but hopefully he'll have a better time at uh, at, at Aston Martin. I think this is his redemption arc. This is where he. It's not gonna happen this season, by the way. I don't think this is it's. It's not gonna win anything this season. I want him to. I don't think he's going to. Um, but I think he's gonna be set up for long term to win in Aston Martin. Hopefully he does. I really want to see Vettel win. A I do want him to win because of what happened in the past year. And as far for the other drivers, they stay where they are. Um, what's happened with Red Bull, Hamilton with the Mercedes, with Bottas, Gasly stays with AlphaTauri, Alcon stays with Renault, Stroll with Aston Martin, Raikkonen and Gionazzi with Alfa Romeo, Rosalind Tifi with Williams, and Norris at McLaren, and Leclerc at Ferrari. Oh, man. So, with these driver contracts at Mercedes, specifically when I talk about Mercedes, Hamilton and Bottas, both of their contracts at Mercedes end in after this year. 2021 is their final year for this contract. Do you know who else's contract ends during that year? George Russell. George Russell. George Russell's contract oh, with Williams ends in 2021. I don't know. And George... George and Toto Wolf have close ties to each other. George, uh, Toto Wolf always talks highly of George. Yeah, and we saw what George can do in a Mercedes at Suck here last year. That was a crazy race. So, what do you think the Mercedes lineup will look like for twenty twenty two? It seems like Hamilton is trying to go for his eighth world championship, and he's going to call it quits. That's what it seems like because new regulations will be coming in very soon. And I don't know if he wants to just kind of call it quits for now and then see how the regulations go for a couple of years and come back. People have done that before. Or he's just, just retiring. Um, I think I think he's definitely... He can still keep going. I mean, we have Raikkonen, who is 40 years old, who's still going. Um, it, it will be interesting And Hamilton's still in his prime. 100%. Hamilton is still a rock star driver. He is top of the charts constantly. But... All of this is assuming that Hamilton does win this eighth world title, which we'll get into later. But so the possible combinations that we have for Mercedes twenty twenty two: Hamilton and Russell on the same team, Bottas and Russell on the same team. We could see Hamilton and Bottas have their contracts renewed and have them both in the same team again. Or interestingly, we could see Verstappen and Russell on the same team at Mercedes. That is a, what are your thoughts on that? That is a long shot. That is a very long shot. It is a long shot, but. I do want to see Verstappen in a Mercedes. And Verstappen in a Mercedes versus George in a Mercedes. If Verstappen goes, if Verstappen goes in the Mercedes and the dominance still continues, it will be insane to see. Because I feel like Verstappen is one of the only drivers that can challenge what Hamilton has created with his seven world titles. Who else do you think can challenge that? On the grid, On the I don't grid think right anybody now. else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I feel like people underrate Bottas for this because, at least in terms of qualifying performance, Bottas is like within one tenth of Hamilton, or he even beats him sometimes. And I feel like Bottas has come close, but if Verstappen was in that seat, I think it would be a lot closer. Yeah, with Bottas, I just feel like he just gets a lot of bad luck 
all the time. <laughs> I guess bad luck. Yeah, he's just been so unlucky, especially in 2020 with all the DNFs and the tire failures and whatnot. I don't see. Neil- I don't see Hamilton and Russell though. Why not? I feel like I feel like Bottas is the way the Bottas's role is in the team. It just seems to be very. Like they, Hamilton is the like priority. Yeah, he is like the wing man. Brian, but Hamilton is the priority, and if that means that Bottas has some to sometimes give or not fight with Hamilton. Yeah, we saw that in Portugal. I feel like Russell would not. I wouldn't want to see Russell in that role. Is what I'm saying. This is true. Yeah. I want Russell to be given a car and just be like, just go. Like what we saw in Sakir. Yeah, he just went. When Russell is proven that he could, he is world champion material, you, you, and I hope that does come to pro- what's, I hope that does come to fruition come twenty twenty two. Yeah, same. What's crazy to me is that in Sakir we saw him fight with Bottas in a car that he drove for that weekend, and Bottas has been driving for what two years now, or more than that actually. And it was just crazy to see how easily he fit into that car. Well, he didn't fit physically. Not physically, car, but you know, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but he was able to adapt to it adapt pretty to it well. Pretty well. Um, so it's just interesting to see what that happens. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but at towards the end of the race, before Mercedes completely greeted their pit stops, Bottas was catching Russell. So there might have been a fight that was going to happen, but Mercedes did completely mess that up. And I feel like it would have been interesting to see what would happen towards the end of that race. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll never really know, but that was that was just so fun to watch. That was such an exciting race. It was an incredible race. All right, so now we have four world champions on the same grid. So we have we have Hamilton, we have Vettel, Raikkonen, and Alonso. How many world championships is that? So Hamilton has seven, Vettel four, has four, eleven, Raikkonen has two, I think. Right? Yes, thirteen, and and Alonso has two, two. Yes, so that's, that's 15. 15 championships on the 15 world championships on the grid. Oh my god. So how do you think the battle between them is going to play out? Because they're obviously in different teams, right? So so they're they're in like... So Hamilton's on Mercedes, Vettel's in Aston Martin. The, what I'm interested in is the Vettel versus Alonso, right? Because they're both midfield teams. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, how do I you feel think like that's Reichlin would be in that mix as well, just because he's been especially nice with that Alfa Romeo and I mean Alfa Romeo is not like an incredible team in terms of their car but Raikkonen is a good driver and he's able to squeeze out sometimes and overtake some people um I mean I feel like I mean we know this Hamilton is gonna be way ahead of of all those three people uh three drivers and it's just gonna be between yeah I do agree that Vettel and Alonso will be a closer fight but I think Raikkonen would also be in the middle of that somewhere that all depends on how the Alfa Romeo performs this year, I think. Yeah. Speaking of Alonso and Renault, Renault's team boss, Cyril Beatable, he has left the Renault F1 team, this, and Davide Brivio this was a has surprise come to replace him. Announcement. I did not see this coming. I really did not see this coming. I woke up one day, checked my phone, and I see an announcement from a notification from F1 app. Cyril has left the team. I was like, what? And it just... He's left Renault completely, I think. I don't think he's part of the company at all. 
he did make promises to have Reno fighting for the world championship by 2020. He made promises for that. And obviously that hasn't panned out. So maybe that was the reason he got sacked. True. But now we have Brivio, who came from MotoGP. He left Suzuki. And Suzuki was the world champion, or, or the Constructors champion for MotoGP, I think. Yep, right? they were. Yep, so the, he left a uh, winning team to come to So we know Alpine. that he's a phenomenal leader, and hopefully he brings over that leadership from MotoGP into F1. And hopefully we can see Alpine fight for the win. In the coming years. In the coming years. That's a very key point you said there. Coming years. Because I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, gonna ha- this it's, is Yeah, it's going to be a long-term kind of thing, which is always good. I mean, we're here for the long-term, not yeah. the short-term. Okay, so now we can talk about the new regulations for 2021 because although it is, it might seem minor to everybody except people who are really technically invested, but all these upgrades do make a big difference to the performance of the car. So we have engine upgrades. The engine regulations do stay the same, but we have new engine upgrades. The new Mercedes engine, they've claimed an initial 25 to 30 horsepower, which is already, which is massive. That's huge. You know, we we know the Mercedes engine was already a beast. And now they have extra horsepower. And we know that the Mercedes power teams, AMG, McLaren, Aston Martin, and Williams. And... At least for the first three teams, AMG, McLaren, and, and Aston Martin, we might actually be, be able to see some fighting between them. Yeah, I mean, McLaren switched because to if Mercedes, Mercedes engine. Up the strategy or something. McLaren switched to a Mercedes engine this this year, right? So they're a new team to this, mm-hmm. and they did really well on the Renault engine last year. So, I mean, yeah, they got third last year on the Renault engine. Hopefully, maybe they can even take the fight to Red Bull this year and Mercedes because of that new engine. Yeah, I'm hoping for some some closer fights. And Aston Martin and McLaren, we know they were also very, very close last year. Or Racing Point and McLaren, I should say, were pretty close last year. So hopefully we'll see a lot of fighting between them. And Williams, I, I, I with new management that they got this year, I really hope that they can bring bring the fight to some, some of the lower midfield teams. That will be really good to see. I just want them fighting with teams. Like, I just don't like them seeing nine. 20 and 19 in the grid. Um, and we, I mean, we kind of saw them go out of that spot last year. They were fighting a lot of the lower midfield teams and Haas was taking that spot usually. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I just want them fighting again. Williams' name is such legendary in F1 sport and uh, seeing them down there just doesn't, doesn't feel good. I was watching some of the old races from like 2016 and, you know, before that, they were fighting for like championship they're fighting for podiums and race wins back then yeah and it was just crazy to see that that was only like four or five years ago anyways i just won them winning yes. again hopefully the hopefully the new management dortal capital that has taken over them hopefully they can inject some money to them so that they can bring williams back to where they should be yeah and speaking of more engines we have ferrari we know ferrari's last year's engine was easily the weakest engine on the grid we saw that Alfa Romeo, Haas, and Ferrari. All the Ferrari power teams, they were struggling all of last year, especially on fast tracks like Bahrain. They were struggling big time. And Ferrari has claimed an additional 25 to 30 horsepower gain. So hopefully that translates into, you know, a more competitive engine for everybody there. Because seeing what happened to Ferrari last year, that is 
that's dismal. That that's heartbreaking because such a legendary team in Formula One went from second and third in the championship. Now they're sixth and seventh. I just want to see Ferrari back on the podium. That was now. crazy to see. I mean, it felt like they were just falling apart. It it was, it was I don't know. It was just sad, as you said, and it was just watching those races where they were just can't even, they can't even compete. They're just being lapped by other cars that you would never think would lap a Ferrari before. Um, so hopefully, hopefully these these improvements can really help them this season. Well, yeah, it was crazy to see that Ferrari was fighting. They're fighting on the midfield. They're fighting with Renault, McLaren, Racing Point, and even AlphaTauri. Like that is crazy to see how how much they've slipped back. But hopefully this year, this year they probably hopefully they brought a remedy to that, and then they can start fighting for the championship in the coming years. Because obviously change doesn't happen in just one season. Yeah, I mean, I've, a lot of the meta will meta will stay the same as last year. Um, so maybe closer fights, but overall it's gonna be a lot of. A repeat of last year. Last, another engine of supplier that we want, I want to talk about is Honda. Honda is leaving F1. So, the Honda power teams, Red Bull and AlphaTauri. Yep. This is the last year of pure Honda engine development that they'll have. But we know that Red Bull has created an engine development facility just so that they can continue the Honda powertrain. It's crazy that they... And that, I think, is huge. It's actually they've huge. They've created a company of Ron... Uh, just... Cr- creating engines for the F1 team, which is a huge deal coming from an energy drink company. Exactly. Like, when you think of it that way, it's just mind-blowing that, you know, Red Bull has an engine factory. That is just... An energy drink has an engine factory. That's just crazy to me. I'm excited for that. So, Honda Honda will be continuing engine development until the end of 2021, which is good to see. They're committed to their project. Honda wants to fight with the championship. And... Because of Honda leaving, um, Honda leaving F1, uh, the teams have agreed upon an engine development freeze starting twenty twenty two. And because of this engine development freeze coming a year earlier, the new engine regulations might also come sooner in twenty twenty five instead of twenty twenty six. I mean, we like that. Anything that can make this will make racing so much more competitive. And the previous year, and this is kind of like newer era of Formula One, right? Mm. This this will yeah, be next year. Yep. So this will be new meta. Hopefully, new championships will be made, new winners. Hopefully, more teams can enter. I feel like one of the things that kind of put me off, or not put me off, was I really liked it was twenty sixteen. There were like twelve, eleven teams, I think, on the grid. Well, just one more, I think. And it was just yeah. There were there were more. I know I don't know how the exact number, but there were more than there were right now. Yeah. So it was just exciting to see just more people all fighting on the grid. Um, enough so it's not chaotic, but it was still really exciting to see that. So hopefully this yeah, will be with easier. the new engine regulations. With the new engine regulations, there they haven't been finalized yet, obviously. But what what the FI is trying to do is is lower the complexity of the engine and make it more relevant to day-to-day living right because the current formula one engines they're incredibly complicated very very difficult to develop and extremely expensive yeah so what the fi wants to do is reduce the complexity reduce the cost and increase the relevance of these engines and that might as you said attract new manufacturers you know we might see volkswagen or porsche or audi in f1 that would be so cool to see that would be so cool i mean bmw used to be one 
uh, team in Formula One, and they mm-hmm. left. And having them return would be just fantastic as well. Just imagine a BMW versus Mercedes versus Audi. That, oh man, that would be, that would be I think that would be so sick. Yeah, that's a German showdown. Exactly. Yeah. So moving on to new regulations, we have aero upgrades, if you want to call them that. The aero regulations for 2021 have been changed. So the biggest differences we'll see is that there are no more holes or pockets inside the floor. So the floors of the cars are going to be, they can't have any dents or any ridges inside them. They're going to be completely flat. And then the floors will be reduced in width in front of the rear wheels. Rear wheels. So they're going to be... They're gonna taper in towards the body, towards the back of the car. I know this. I know a lot of teams has a huge. I know a lot of teams made this a huge deal when they were announcing liveries because a lot of them did not reveal their floor designs. Mm -hmm. They kept the pitches darkened. They kept the part of the car covered until I'm. I think preseason testing. So interesting to see how different teams. Because this is a massive, massive impact on the amount of downforce the cars create. Because. And they want to keep that hidden because they don't want other people copying it. And then we have two more regulation changes. We have the rear brake duct aero elements. So that the little fins and winglets inside of the rear brake ducts will be reduced in length. Okay. So they won't be able to create as much downforce. And then the rear diffuser strikes. So little the, the sticky down bits in the bottom of the car. They'll be reduced in length. So they can't stick down as much. And they won't be able to create as much downforce. So overall it seems like less downforce less downforce which means that there's less dirty air behind the cars which means that we will see closer racing this year i'll take that you know <laughs> i'll take that exactly yeah i mean it feels like it's gonna be teams will really have to hone down their designs and what they want to do because mm-hmm. we'll talk about this in preseason testing just the next next part a lot of teams struggled with downforce uh the yeah. back side of the the back end of the car was just all over the place unstable yeah so these new regulations they will result in a between a half and one and a half second lap time increase compared to 2020 so each lap is going to take a bit longer this is because overall we were seeing a five to ten percent reduction in downforce and according to mercedes engineer james allison uh we're basically going to see lap time similar to 2019 so we're, we're returning 2019 levels of downforce and these small changes in the car, they might seem small on their own, but they're they're going to lead to a massive, a relatively big aero redesign in order to find more downforce in other areas of the car to make up for the fact that the rear of the car has overall less downforce. Right. I'm just excited for so, closer racing. That's that's all I really want. I just want fights. <laughs> I want overtakes. More overtakes are better. Um, I'm just excited for that. So speaking of more racing, we have a proposal for sprint races has been laid out, which Canada, Italy, Brazil are candidates for the sprint race. So basically a sprint race is going to replace traditional qualifying as we know it. It's going to be a shorter 100 kilometer race instead of the 300 kilometer races we see today. So the weekend format would work as we have free practice one on, and then we have quali, we have qualification for the sprint race. And then the sprint race itself will happen. And then whoever finishes wherever in the sprint race, that, that sets the order for the Grand Prix. Interesting. So I feel like since the quali for the sprint race, the the order of the cars will be reversed. So it's reverse quali. And the sprint race is going to have all the cars race against each other from a reverse grid, 
we might see a very interesting grid lineup on Sunday's Grand Prix, which could make for some better racing. I'm not I'm not personally a big fan of it because I feel like it incent it incentivizes teams to sandbag, which we'll get about we'll talk about sandbagging later. But we'll it it incent it incentivizes teams to sandbag, which I I'm not a big fan of. But we we might see three sprint races this year, and we'll see how it pans out. I feel like it could could make for some better racing. Yeah, I mean if it's just three. I don't. I agree with your points. If it's just three, I don't mind them trying it out and seeing how it works out. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, if people like it, sure. If the teams like it, sure. I don't mind it as long as we'll see. I mean, it's only three. It's not a big deal. Um. But I'm mm. just. If it works, then then that's good. But yeah. if it doesn't work, I I'm think just glad they're introducing the something. Year. I mean, I guess it's not new because Formula Two and Formula One, Formula Three do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not really new. I guess it's new to have fun, but. I'm just glad they're trying stuff out. I, what I feel, what the consensus I've heard from team bosses is that they don't want to ruin the culture of Formula One. Okay. Like I know Toto Wolf said this. They want to have one race in Formula One per every for every race weekend. They want to have one race. You know, there's the Sunday Grand Prix. That's the race, right? And they don't want to add another race because you know for we already have support races for Formula Two and Formula Three. What Total Wolf was saying is that there's not really much of much of a need for sprint races. So they, they kind of want quality. But then again, Total Wolf could. They want quality yeah, over quantity. Quality over quantity. Okay. But then again, Total Wolf obviously is probably biased in this because he's a team boss of Mercedes, and he does not want Mercedes starting on the backer grid at any costs, right? So he obviously does not want this. Yeah, to happen. I can I can definitely see his point in both both aspects. Will be interesting to see. I don't. I don't. It's a new thing. It's only three races, so I don't really mind um, trying yeah. stuff out. All right. So we had preseason testing the past three days or so, and uh, yeah. So preseason testing was March twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. Yep. So and very very interesting to see what happened. Yeah, it was. I mean, preseason testing should always be taken with a grain of salt because teams are running different setups. There- different tires there's so many different factors that go into play even more than a normal qualifying or race session that you can't really you can't really tell a team's pace based off of testing alone yeah it's a i saw a statistic somewhere uh in the past in every year of the turbo hybrid era mercedes has only topped the charts in testing twice but we know they won all seven championships which goes to show that taking we should always take this with the I believe of salt. that was like 2015 and 2019 or 2020 were the top 2020 yeah um yeah and I agree with you because it gives a good indicator overall but it should not be taken to get take it with a grain you of salt you can't use it as gospel basically yeah just yeah. see it as see it as how it is because some of the teams are just testing the cars um okay i think the biggest takeaway from this weekend was Mercedes because as we said before Mercedes has only topped twice but anytime they played a role in testing they've always done well in the, the laps they've run but this season or bit this weekend they they ran they were on the bottom I think they run they ran 304 uh, laps total yeah, they ran the least laps out of any other team yeah which is shocking shocking and they, and they were not good laps that they ran too yeah both drivers in, in like press releases and interviews they've stated that they've struggled with the car especially lewis lewis hamilton has struggled with the car a lot we saw him spin a couple of times 
a lot of times actually we saw him spin with the car complaining that the rear end of the car is very it's it's very skittish and very unstable and obviously this is down to the downforce changes that we talked about earlier Lewis Hamilton is not a fan of it and even Bottas Bottas he's also said that the car feels unstable and he he the, the rear end needs to be calmed down before the first race and I feel like because of this Red Bull might be the favorites going into the championship. I mean, as a Red Bull fan, I would hope so. But again, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing what I know about Mercedes and their past, um, their past history, I feel like they're gonna figure it out. Whatever it is, before what's the first race? Bahrain. Before Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. It might be a closer fight than last year, but I feel like they're gonna figure. Definitely it Definitely will be a closer fight. Um, so we saw Mercedes fastest time by Hamilton was a 130.025. It was on the softest compound tire. Verstappen's fastest time in the Red Bull on the tire that's one stage harder than the Mercedes tire that they used is a 128.9. So Verstappen is over a second quicker than Hamilton or over the same track on a harder tire. And I think that also puts into perspective that Alfa Romeo or Raikkonen set a time that was also faster than Hamilton on the same compound. And so did Sainz, exactly. and so did Yuki. So that just puts into perspective that they do seem to be a bit slower than other cars, and Red Bull does seem to be the fastest. But again, it's preseason testing. And it may not tell yeah, a we, lot. We know the W11 from last year. The W11... It was a monster. That car was incredible. It dominated preseason testing. And the championship, it wasn't even close. Mercedes walked it. But so hopefully this year, because of the W12 struggling a little bit, both drivers are complaining, we'll see a closer fight. And speaking of the fight, Red Bull, during preseason testing, they were smooth sailing. Totally fine. They completed everything they needed to complete, and they set fast times. It was crazy. I mean, I am, I'm like jumping for joy right now because I can tell you're 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 happy. I'm. I was reading the articles and stuff, and where Sappen was happy, Perez was happy. Perez did have an incident where his engine cover <laughs> fell off because of the wind, which was yeah. concerning. But oh, that reminds me. I totally forgot to mention, Mercedes has been having reliability issues with their gearbox. Oh uh, yes. So we know Bottas on the first day of his first day, oh boy. he had to stop on his first lap because his gearbox broke. Oh boy. And Bottas only got to complete six laps on the first day. Oh, Raj. So he does not have a good feel for the car. Raj, your team is not looking good. My team is not looking good, but I have hope. Mercedes... I mean, to be we'll, honest, we'll I have hope for you too because I just know Mercedes and I know the leadership and the management and the engineers... They're they're not gonna yeah. stop until the figure. <laughs> it's it out. not looking good right now, but hopefully, hopefully they can bring it back. I'm like optimistic for Red Bull, but I'm also like, like cautiously optimistic. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And then speaking of Mercedes, we have McLaren, who is now McLaren Mercedes because they have the Mercedes engine, and they were flying throughout this entire uh, testing session. They 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 had reliability was fine performance was looking great ricardo and norris seem to be happy with the car it, it seems like mclaren's off to a really really strong start yeah and i would expect that coming from a previous car even though they did have a lot of overhaul because 
if I'm if I heard this correct, they're the most changed car on the grid from last year because of yeah. the new engine. Um, mm-hmm. But again, McLaren has been doing so well, you know, coming from 2018 when they had Alonso and they were struggling um, to to last season where they were they got two podiums and they were fighting with the top teams. So I see a, yeah, I see a lot of Brown the same has done things. An incredible job yeah, bringing this team up. A lot of it comes down to Zach Brown because of his incredible leadership. Uh, I'm excited to see where they they go into, and I would expect a lot of the same stuff from last year, where they're fighting with a lot of the big teams, f- consistent points, mm-hmm. podiums here and there, yeah. hopefully a win. Um, I feel like we will see a lot more podiums out of McLaren this year, yeah. because Ricardo is uh, he he's. He's world championship material. We already talked about that. He knows how to drive the hell out of a car. He knows how to drive a car extremely well. I feel like he will put that McLaren into podiums more often than last year. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited for him to Uh, drive that car. And talking about more Mercedes power, we have Aston Martin, who is, of course, using Mercedes power. They were struggling. They were definitely struggling during... uh, during this testing session. They're having some reliability Especially issues, Vettel. right? Yeah, Vettel's gearbox broke. So what I'm seeing, Bottas' gears, gearbox broke and Vettel's gearbox broke. They're both running Mercedes Power and Mercedes gearboxes. Additionally, Vettel's turbocharger also broke. Oh, no. Which is a Mercedes Power unit. Oh, no. So Mercedes are showing some signs of an unreliable power, power unit and an unreliable which gearbox. Is, which is something new because... It's very strange, We've right? We've never had we that before. We haven't seen this. It's probably the most yeah, reliable engine in the on the grid. It was the most reliable and the most powerful. Never broke down, never had any power unit issues. But we're seeing we're seeing this new power unit that Mercedes developed, even though it is, it makes more power, It's it might be at the cost of reliability. We, we, hopefully, they'll, they, they, can, they can fix it before the season starts, but right now, it's not looking too good. And, of course, Vettel... He moved to a new team, right? Vettel's now yeah, an Aston Martin. He, he's going to struggle a bit. He's, he's off to a bad start. He's, he's going to struggle a bit getting used to it. And I said that before. That I don't think it's going to happen mm-hmm. a lot this year, but long-term, he's going to win some. Um, and you just expect that because he's been at Ferrari for so long. And, yeah, I mean, Ferrari and Red Bull. Same thing that happened with Dan Ricciardo when he moved from Red Bull to Renault. He struggled. I mean, literally off the grid, did, first yeah. start in uh, Australia. Yeah, that was so unfortunate. His front wing is gone. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe Vettel will have a slow start, but hopefully he can bring it back by the time. I trust his experience. Uh, I trust him. Ends. And I mean, I even saw an article where he said that 10 years ago, I would probably be panicking. But right now, I'm fine. I know the team's got it. And uh, there's really no point in panicking. It's not going to do any going to do him any good. So... Just trust the team, trust the process, and keep going. Yeah. Um, hopefully, he, he has a lot of experience under his belt, so hopefully he, he can he, he can use that to his advantage. And the next team we have to discuss is Alpine. Um, I think they did fine. They did pretty they did fine during uh, during the testing session. Obviously, we they have Fernando Alonso, and they complete a lot of laps during testing. They're I think they're just they're just set for this year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they'll be right where they were last year. Um, again, I don't expect a lot of stuff to change 
I expect it to be closer. Mm-hmm. And with yeah. Alonso, hopefully they can compete a lot more. I mean, not like Daniel Ricciardo was a bad driver. It's just mm-hmm. saying that Alonso has a lot of experience. Um, that sometimes trumps just being in a good car. So excited for him to have a good showing in the car. Yeah, and Alcon, he was also happy, really happy with the car. Like, I, pe- people doubt this guy, but I feel like he's gonna, he might make it onto the podium again. You never know because, you know, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alpine, and Ferrari, they've all been very, very close in this past year. And if it's gonna stay the same, you know, we might, we might see some Alcon podium. We might see some Alonso podiums. I think, I think Alpine will be on the podium sometimes this year. And the next thing to discuss we have is Ferrari. So, Ferrari, they do have a new engine, as we discussed before. Right. But, and they they might have some reliability issues, as we saw with Leclerc on the first day, I think. His Ferrari broke down. The only car to actually break down on track was a Ferrari. And Leclerc... He, he was doing fine in the Ferrari, but I'm surprised how fast signs went on the Ferrari. Yeah, I'm looking at the times, He's third. and it's crazy. He, he put up a 129.6, which is the third fastest time in the C4 compound. And that was on the third day of the testing. It was, that's just crazy to me because Leclerc has way more experience with the car. And see, again, pre-testing, so take it with a grain of salt. If this tells us how the rest of the season goes, it could be looking good for signs. Could be looking good for science. Could be looking for good for Ferrari because if they if they can put their car up this like like this in this kind of situation, like every every other race, I think they'll be good to go. That's a good step forward compared to last year. Yep. And next thing we have to discuss is AlphaTauri. They were on fire. Oh boy! They were just straight up. They were on fire. What is it with the Red Bull teams? <laughs> it's the Honda power unit, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> they fixed up their reliability issues. They have added more power. And they've committed to development. I, I feel like Red Bull and AlphaTauri, they're going to have a great year this time. Yeah, I feel like Red Bull... AlphaTauri, yeah. I think... I think AlphaTauri... They had the second most laps, I think, with 400-something. 400-something laps. They were tied with the top. They were tied with Alfa Romeo, I believe. Yeah. So that's they just great to see because, I mean, that goes to show reliability to the car. Um, and Yuki and, put up... A second fastest time, or just oh my god, Yuki was a monster! Like <laughs> a tenth, less than a tenth slower than Verstappen, which is to be fair, Yuki did mess up his DRS. He activated DRS before the zone light, before the zone came up. Oh, so he did have a little bit of an advantage. But seeing an Alpha Tari that close to a Red Bull, regardless, but he still, s- I feel like this bodes very well. He's still for the team. six tenth faster than Science, which is the third fastest time. So I wonder if it helped that, yeah, that much huge. or if it was just slightly enough. But I mean, again, as you we'll said... We'll never know the exact details, yeah, but... It was just fantastic to see this, him there. Yeah, this bodes very well for Alpha Terry, I think. And I'm rooting for the underdog team. I really I really want them to do some great yeah, stuff this year. Yeah, I love Alpha Terry. I mean, Red Bull's sister team because you kind of have to like him as a Red Bull fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a given. I mean, I was happy for Gasly winning in... Uh, Brazil 2019, even though that was sad for my boy Albin. Getting mm-hmm. T-boned by Hamilton. Not really T-boned, but you know what I mean. 
I think everything yeah. went downhill for Alvin since then. After Brazil, I watched that race last week, just because that's one of my favorite races. Yeah. That in 2016 Brazil, 2019 Brazil, I saw that lap 53, everything went downhill. You think that was Alvin's demise? Hundred percent, dude. Before that, before he got T-boned by Hamilton, he was doing so well. He over, he like doubled over, like him and Red Bull or him and Max overtook both of the Ferraris at the same time at the same turn. That's crazy. And it was bro. so crazy I to see. Know, I... And then after that, it was just downhill. And it, I mean, even in 2020 when we had uh, Austria. Hamilton took him out again. Albon was set to overtake Hamilton easily. Hamilton took him out again. But, yeah. Poor guy, man. I don't think it was entirely Hamilton's fault, but but still, that's just really yeah, sad to see. Yeah, it's just difficult to see them two, you know, fighting it out and then Albon getting the short stick. Mm-hmm. Albon is still there. I mean, yeah. he's still there. He's still uh, testing. I don't think he ran any laps. He didn't. He. I think he's a reserve driver or something. Yeah, usually Maybe reserve drivers driver. run some laps as you know. Yeah. Just for having go around, but I don't think he did. But we'll see how how Perez. I mean, I don't think Perez will get subbed out. But you never know. You never know. Yeah. Speaking of upsets, Alfa Romeo. They were performing better than Ferrari, I think during the entirety of testing. And you don't normally see this because Alfa Romeo is effectively Ferrari's, in my mind, they're Ferrari's sort of sister's team or or B team. Yeah. But if you look at the graphic down below, according to the uh, data that F1 has compiled, Alfa Romeo is currently faster than Ferrari, which doesn't really bode well for Ferrari, but I I think it's a sign that Alfa Romeo might be able to compete squarely in the midfield this year. I mean, it's just weird to see Ferrari third from the bottom. Yeah, that just you. That's really not a sight. That's it's, it's <laughs> I, really I would weird expect to see them that, to yeah. be right below Mercedes just because of history. But I mean, I guess that goes to show that anything really can happen in Formula One, and it could change really overnight. To be honest, I felt like twenty nineteen mm-hmm. to twenty twenty, it was just they were just gone. But yeah, the new power unit technical directives just completely ruined them, and now they're trying to claw it back. Yeah. I mean, hey, Raikkonen, I, I said he was going to be up there fighting with uh, Vettel and Alonso. So this just goes to show. Yeah, hopefully we see that happen. Yeah. Same. And speaking of other Ferrari-powered teams. <laughs> this, is, this seems to be like a, a pattern emerging, Raj. Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari engines underperforming. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> yeah, so we have Haas. I mean, they weren't. They weren't great. They weren't doing poorly. Obviously, we've 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 seen that Haas Haas have mentioned that they're not going to develop their car anymore this year. They're focusing. They're going full beans on twenty twenty two, which means crazy. no upgrades for the twenty twenty one car. Yep. I did. And they. To their defense, they do have two new drivers into Formula One. I don't know if that plays a big effect. I feel like it should. And I mean, I, not like Haas was doing any big, you know, changes last year. Anyways, um, they were kind of just at the bottom, really. So, and they're kind of the b- yeah, they were struggling. And 
I'd argue by the end of the year they did have the worst car there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the slowest car. And I'd argue this year maybe they do have the slowest car on the grid. Because maybe not maybe not off the bat they might have to they might not have the slowest car, but I'd say by mid-season easily they have the slowest car. They have they're not developing their car at all. They have the Ferrari power unit. And they have two rookie drivers, and nothing against nothing against the drivers, obviously, but I mean, drivers they're not, they're not developing the car. The car. Does, car isn't there. Simple as that. Exactly. So you yeah. could have Hamilton in a Williams or a Haas in this case. He's not. He's gonna get lapped. <laughs> Simple as that. Exactly. It's just, it's just physics. You can't be physics unless you're Mercedes, of course. But yeah, we'll talk about yeah. Mercedes can. And then we have Williams with the Mercedes engine. I think they did pretty well. Uh, they didn't seem to have any reliability issues, which is odd, but they didn't have any reliability issues. They got done with a lot of laps. Uh, lo- it's looking good for them, and hopefully Russell can actually score some points this year. Yeah. he Did he score any points? Oh, he did score points, yes. With Mercedes, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I was like, what if he just got below 10th, even with the Mercedes? That would be crazy. <laughs> no, but, I mean, anything you- past three, four years for... Williams has been just at the bottom, 19 and 20. So anything above that is an improvement in my case, in my in my book. So as long as they can improve and fight with a lot of Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tari, I mean, I guess Ferrari, <laughs> um, I'll be happy for Hopefully them. Hopefully we can see them with the, mid, with, the mid, with, with the midfield now. Yep. So I'll be happy for them. I mean, that's what and Russell If you look on the too. timings, Russell and Hamilton are within a tenth of each other. Yeah, that is. I that know. Is crazy. I know. It's not. I, I know it should be taken with a grain of salt, but that just just seeing that the Mercedes and the Williams are that close together, I mean, I don't know, man. That hopefully the Williams have just created a great car this year, and they can make it even better throughout the year with more upgrades. Yeah, but Latifi is still at the bottom, fourth from the bottom. But Latifi but has kind of underperformed in my opinion, even last year. But it, it was his rookie year last year. Yeah. But hopefully this year he can pull out some good stuff out yeah. of the car. Yep, we'll see. Only time will tell. I'm excited for the. I'm excited for the races, man. I mean, from what we've seen from preseason testing, it seems to be closer fights. It seems to be teams are struggling. Mm-hmm. Top teams are struggling. Red Bull is doing well. I mean, Honda engine is doing well. Um, Ferrari yeah. is just Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? I would love to say good stuff about them, good but point, like, yeah. it just seems to be like. They're just kind of stuck right now. Um, I yeah. Hopefully they can bring some upgrades that make them better. I'm excited for McLaren. I'm excited for um, Aston Martin and Vettel. We'll see. Speaking collectively, what are predictions for this year? Who do you think is gonna? What what, what rankings do you? Expect I think I think you should go first. I think should, I think you should go first. You I'm gonna save mine. Okay. After yours. Yeah, you have a hot take. I have on my here. hot take. Um, I I think Mercedes will win, obviously, because one, I'm a Mercedes fan. Two, they even if they haven't top testing, they still have the best engine out there. They have maybe the best aero if they can bring it all together and get the drivers get the drivers situated properly. They can they they can I think they will get first in the championship again. They might not start off first. I might I'm I'm putting my money on Red Bull being in the lead for some of the for some of the uh for some of the year. But I feel like Mercedes will be able to claw it back. Smart man. 
and then obviously that leaves Red Bull in second place. We know we know they have a great car. We know they probably have the fastest car right now. As we're uh, as as we're recording this, they probably have the fastest car. And Verstappen is Verstappen likes the car. Perez likes the car, and I feel like they're going to do well for, for the first couple of races. And then in third place for the constructors, I put McLaren. McLaren did get third last year, but they they only got third really in my mind because because Racing Point had a fifteen point penalty last yeah. year. No, actually, I so forgot about I f- that. But I feel like McLaren. That was in the beginning of the year, too. Yeah, because they copied the brake ducts. Yep. Yeah. But I feel like McLaren this year, due to the redesigned car and the Mercedes engine, they'll be able to easily, maybe not easily, but they will be able to properly secure third place over Racing, Racing Point. Point, who is not Aston Martin. Yep. And obviously, that means Aston Martin, in my mind, is going to be fourth. And they'll have a... There's going to be a massive scrap for third. I'm just going to tell you that right now. McLaren, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Alpine, and AlphaTauri. Those five teams, I feel like they're going to have a massive scrap for third place. Because in just in my mind, they're very close to each other. And they all have great drivers. So we're going to see some big things, big battles in the midfield. And then for the bottom three, I'm going to say Alfa Romeo will be eighth. Because I, I, I just... Something... I just doesn't sit right with me with Alfa Romeo. They they seem fast in testing, but I feel like the development of other uh, of other of other cars is going to supersede them and they're going to fall into 8th. And then Williams I think is going to be ninth, which leaves Haas in 10th place. All right. I like I mean I like, my pre- predictions I like your predictions for this year. I like your predictions. But I'm going with the hot yeah, take. We have a pretty close list. We do. I mean, okay. we have notes pulled up. Oh my god, you just made a change on that. I I did. Um <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I believe with a hot take, okay? Because if okay. this actually happens, I'm gonna look like a genius at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, I feel like I'm still not gonna look like a an idiot. Okay, I feel like I'll no. I'm gonna clown you. Okay, I okay. You know what? Clown me. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the risk. I put as my number one as Red Bull. I think I think this is the year. Where we get back to Red Bull. They're going to win stuff. Mm-hmm. Max is going to win the championship. Perez will be there to support him. Hopefully. This is all with hopefully. <laughs> um, I just think they have a great car. I mean. They do, yeah. I mean, we saw that kind of at the end of the season last year. Where they were uh, really competing with Mercedes. And I think. Yeah, they even won an Abu Dhabi yeah, straight up. So, I think that should con- that will continue. And from preseason testing. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that hope. Second is Mercedes, of course. I mean, I know I said this in the beginning. They have reliability issues, but I think they will fix it before f- first race. I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I just think they'll be fine. They have Lewis Hamilton, Bottas, both great drivers. We know that. Proven. Third, I put it as same as you, McLaren. And my fourth is also Aston Martin, same as you. I mean, mm-hmm. McLaren with the Mercedes engine just kind of seals the deal for me. Mercedes has just been doing yeah, so well yeah. in the power unit engine or department that putting them anything below third would be kind of like, what the heck? Aston Martin, I think, just because they're a newer team, or not newer team, but like, just because the way they were last year, um, I just feel like it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. And they have been having reliability issues 
I've seen in the preseason testing, which I again I think they'll fix it before first phase. But it just it's just what I think it is. Alpine, Alpine as fifth, then Alpha Tori, and then Alfa Romeo. Notice that I still haven't said Ferrari. You have not said Ferrari yet. I'm not gonna explain Alpine, Alfa Tori, and Alfa Romeo because I feel like a lot of this stuff could just be back and forth. You could switch either of them, and it'll be whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. My bottom three. Yeah, yeah. It's Ferrari. I just, I'm just not convinced, bro. That team. You're not convinced. That team is falling apart, bro. I just, I can't take them as winning again. I believe in... Is it... Do you just dislike Mattia Benotto that much? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I guess you could say yeah, that, that's what but... it sounds like. I mean, yeah, sure, but I just feel like ever since he's got into the picture, it's just been downhill ever since. And mm-hmm. last year, we're just, yeah. like... Just... Just... Gone. They slipped really yes. hard. I believe in Carlos Sainz. I think, I think they're both great drivers. It's not against the drivers at all. Again, Formula 1 comes down to the car. Mm-hmm. And if the car is not there, then drivers just simply can't do anything. My yeah. second is Williams. I think I think they will do way better. I mean, second to last. And second to last. Oh yeah, second to last is Williams. And my last is no surprise there is Haas. I just don't. I mean, they already came out and said before the season even started that they were like, "We're done developing the car." Yeah, they're just treading water at this point, trying to stay afloat so they can make it to twenty twenty two. And I think. That's about it. I mean, they got two new talents. Schumacher, I mean, come on. Legend name. Leg- legendary name. But he and Mazepin can't do anything if they don't have the car. Exactly, yeah. So I just want to run through the predictions one more time. So for me, I'm just going to say it once again. P1, constructors will be Mercedes. Second will be Red Bull. Third will be McLaren. Fourth will be Aston Martin. Fifth will be Ferrari. I put Ferrari in fifth, Yes. Sixth will be Alpine. Seventh will be AlphaTauri. Eighth will be Alfa Romeo. Ninth will be Williams. And tenth will be Haas. Right, I'll run through mine again too. P1 is Red Bull. P2 is Mercedes. P3 is McLaren. P4 is Aston Martin. P5 is Alpine. P6 is AlphaTauri. P7 is Alfa Romeo. P7, P8 <laughs> is Ferrari. P9 is Williams. And P10 is Haas. I mean, I feel like we kind of talked about this, but do you think Ferrari will fight with Red Bull and McLaren or Mercedes ever? If we have like a shock race, like like Turkey, if we have another Turkey, like a race that's like Turkey this year, maybe. But I feel like on the regular, there's just no yeah. way. Like from what we're, from what we've seen, from how far behind the Ferrari power unit is compared to Mercedes and Honda, and even uh, Renault. There's just, just I, I don't see it happening. Like, maybe the odd podium here and there. Like, we know Charles Leclerc got the podium two or three times. Vettel got it once last year. Besides that, I, I really don't see it. I, I, I don't see many podiums, and I definitely don't see any race wins from Ferrari. Yeah, this I don't think they'll be enough to compete with Red Bull or McLaren. They might be just be there and there kind of thing, but get overtaken by other teams that are just doing better. Um, I mean, yeah, the only time they would, I think, they would have a podium is when some of the other teams like McLaren or Aston Martin don't perform and that or they have like a like an accident or whatever. But I don't see them fighting for yeah. it that much. I mean you could tell that by my predictions. But so 
Exactly, yeah. And obviously, I don't think you think the same here. But I think the battle for third place is going to be really, really tight this year. Because we have five, Wait, maybe said, even six I teams would, that can vie for third you place. You said I wouldn't agree with this? Yeah, because I put Ferrari in the battle oh, yeah, for third yeah, place. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't think you agree with that. <laughs> Take Ferrari out. <laughs> don't, don't ask you, but I don't... Yeah, maybe... I do agree with you that it'll be tight. These five teams, it'll be very tight, yeah. So McLaren, Aston Martin, in my opinion, Ferrari, Alpine, and Alpha Terry, maybe even Alfa Romeo, they're all in a tight fight for third, in my opinion. That's, that's I, what I, I do see agree with the tight happen. fight. I don't agree with, disagree with that. I just disagree with Ferrari being there, but... I mean, I yeah, I think I've okay. said that enough. I don't think we need to talk about that more. Mm-hmm. All right, and to wrap it up, do you think Bottas or Verstappen will be able to compete against Hamilton for the world title this year? I mean, that's not even a question for me, bro. You don't have the answer. You think Verstappen's going to be able to compete? I think, yeah. I think whether it comes down to Bottas or Verstappen, I'm picking Verstappen. Okay. And I know what you... I feel like, uh, yeah, from what I've seen in testing, Bottas seems more comfortable with the car than Lewis. So maybe, just maybe, if Mercedes can fix it up, Bottas can take the lead and actually win the championship. This is extremely bold of me to say, but I, I do think Bottas can win the championship. We know he's a good driver. He's just been unlucky. So unlucky last year that he wasn't able to fight for it. But I do think this year, like... He'll be able to bring Can it to Lewis something? And, Verst- and Verstappen. I don't think Bottas yeah. will ever win a championship as long as Lewis is there. I I, I, I think, I really, I, my logic in my head thinks so, but the heart says, <laughs> the heart says Bottas is You win. want to believe me, but you don't want to. No, I do believe you. Just my heart. It's just, this is just hard over head right now. <laughs> yeah, I just... And I mean... That's just how the team is structured. Seeing Bottas in the preseason interviews and whatnot, he, he seems a lot more chill and laid back. And so hopefully he's adopted a new mentality that'll help him in the year. But in the end, I think I think deep down we both know that Lewis might win again. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we all know that. I mean, it yeah. won't change until either Mercedes just has a freak year, which, I mean, could this be the year? We don't know. This year could be that year. We won't know until... Six, seven races in. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully, our predictions do come true. And if Bottas wins, oh my god, I would literally, I would literally throw a party. I swear to God. But all you listening are are invited to the party. By the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll invite every single one of you personally. I'll send an RSVP. But regardless of what happens, I feel like it's going to be a very, very close fight between Mercedes and Red Bull this year. Let's hope for that. At least closer than the previous yes, years. I think, I think 100% closer than previous years. All right. So with those bold predictions in place, I think it's a good time for us to wrap up today's episode. Thank you all so much for joining us for our first ever episode of Around the Grid. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at AroundTheGridF1 and on Twitter at AroundTheGridF1. And we will see you all after the first race of the year. Bye, guys.